Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene here at Gardner-Webb University, coming to you from the uh, WGWG studios in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Find us online, WGWG.org. You can also find archive shows on, well, you can go to WGWG.org, Jeff uh, Powell. You can do that. I can, can also, do that. You can, but you can also find us by going to SoundCloud yes. and looking for WGWG Radio there. and yeah. arc- Tons of shows there available. Yeah, I think the easiest way is just to simply click that button there that you see that says uh, on-demand programming, and we have hundreds and hundreds of on-demand programs to choose from, and you can do RSS feeds, subscribe through iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. Well, this this t- this show, this TV show, this TV show. Uh, wow. Wait a minute. Makeup. <laughs> this show is about films and and other in, other forms of entertainment as well. We interview folks from time to time to talk about TV, and we had Bernadette, uh, Melissa Rausch from uh, Big Bang Theory recently. You've had a lot of Big Bang yeah. Theory people. Yeah. Yeah. Simon Helberg, uh, her on-screen husband. Yes. Uh, as well. So yeah, we we've. We've had some great folks on this show, including Jeff Powell. Um, wow, right up who's, there. Who's I'm right up there with uh, <laughs> all the cast of Big Bang. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, we are reflecting on the year that was 2016. We're looking back at some of the uh, the best and maybe some of the most overrated, maybe some of the most underrated. Uh, I'm going to let Jeff kind of steer it and just ask me questions. And if I don't know the answers, I will uh, I will dig into my... Uh, my digital archives of the brain and okay. see what I can find. Let's do that. So uh, we'll talk about some of those movies that, uh, that I think are worthy of, uh, of at least talking about. You know, we've still got just days left in the 2016 box office. But with that caveat, what, uh, what uh, has been the big, the big numbers, the big money makers of the year? Well, uh, here at the end of the year, you look at Star Wars Rogue One. I mean, huge, uh, huge film. Um, using a, a, a term coined by uh, by President Elect uh, Donald Trump, huge, huge, huge film. Uh, it it did not break box office records. But wasn't that Star Wars last that year? That was Star Wars okay. last year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that was the one that I think that uh, everybody knew was going to be a successful one here at the end of the year. The thing about Star Wars uh, films, they do not do really test screenings for those. Um, they do very limited critics screenings, early screenings for those, uh, and when they do them, they're they're at, at uh, non traditional times. They'll do them at like ten in the morning uh, wow. on a yeah. Tuesday or a Monday yeah. uh, before the film opens. But uh, huge, you know, great film um, as far as uh, money making for that, and I think it, it did please Star Wars fans. You knew the ending um, before this movie ever began because you knew it. It literally. Um, goes up um, and it ends right where the first Star Wars that we ever saw in, in theaters right. begins. Right. It's so it's the prequel not, to that. Right. So you, you, it's not like there are any surprises. Uh, it's a heist film. It, it's a, um, one of uh, my film students actually said it's kind of like a Mission Impossible. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's a great, great way of uh, describing it. And um, so, yeah, it, it, that's, that's a big success. Uh, also, uh, early in the year, back in February, uh, one that's still one of the, the top films of the year, uh, Deadpool, uh, which to me was one of the most overrated films. Mm. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about that. But Deadpool uh, brought in a ton of money, and it was an unconventional superhero film. Uh, he's an unconventional superhero that's kind of on that line between a hero and villain. Uh, not a nice guy. Um, you know, a former um, secret, uh, a former, what is it, special ops guy, 
uh, who comes back and he's basically kind of this villain for hire. You know, he'll he'll a hero for hire, kind of like a Luke Cage, but he he takes things in, in uh, a little different uh, approach and uh, he's diagnosed with this uh, terminal disease and somebody gives him a chance um, to uh, to beat this uh, this mortality and uh, they put him through all sorts of tests that that pretty much make him look like a um, you know a, a shriveled prune mixed with a bad avocado is what he looks like <laughs> and so um, so he's really uh, he goes from being Ryan Reynolds you know um, you know sexiest man of the year to uh, you know the guy that you, you you probably wouldn't want to be spending a lot of time with um, and you know you look at him you think this guy probably smells bad too so um, the movie the unconventional aspect of the film was the, the, the hero slash villain the anti-hero was unconventional, but also a heavy R rating, um, you know, nudity, language, you know, about every fifth word is the F word uh, throughout the film. Um, they break the four walls where you actually see the character doing the Ferris Bueller thing, talking to the audience. Mm-hmm. So they do some creative and unusual things. But to me overall, uh, while the movie was fun, it, it you know, it's, uh, it's one of those that actually I, I saw it once. I'm like, I don't, care if i ever see it again all right and um many superhero films uh, i will watch and go you know what i'm going to own that one mm-hmm. uh, earlier one this year that was successful as well another superhero film was captain america civil war right um very successful at the box office and one that, that i own so uh yeah most overrated film to me to me this year was deadpool even though it did get uh critics choice award for best comedy and best comic actor with uh, with ryan reynolds um so that's that's it what about movies that were supposed to do well at the box office but didn't? Oh, wow. Um, Independence Day Insurgents is the, the first one that comes to mind, and, uh, and that's the one that I will, I will kind of stick with. It's, um, you know, there were, were high expectations for that film. You know, you're coming 20 years later. Uh, 96. Yeah, 20, 20 years later after the original. original was incredibly successful with Will Smith. And, um, you know, he decided not to do this one and opted for doing Suicide Squad, uh, which is another one we, we can talk about in a little bit as well. But that was the one to me that was the uh, had the biggest potential for success. And it was just a bad film. Yeah. It was uh, it was it was poorly done on so many different levels. And um, it, it would have been better as a sci fi channel film. Ooh. Yeah. So it didn't do well domestically, but it probably made some money overseas. You know, I have not looked at the numbers uh, on that, but I can uh, I can try to pull those up while we're talking and, and see if I can uh, if I can get the answer uh, to that question. But, I, you know, and that's the thing. It's not about it's not always about what happens here in the U.S. It really is. You look at overseas um, and, um, you know, used to be uh, the U.S. If, if, if we didn't make money here in the U.S., it wasn't going to be a success, but that right. is uh, definitely not the case. Um, this film, Independence Day Resurgence, uh, let me pull this up. Um, worldwide, $389 million. So, uh, you know, it did pretty well. I mean, a production budget of $165 million. So, yeah, it did make its money back. But in the U.S., uh, only $103 million for this one. And it is one of those that because of just the, the poor, poor showing, uh, it, it is rare uh, while it made its money back, it's it's the possibility is very rare that it will have a third. So it's part. probably the end yeah. of the franchise. Yeah. yeah, and there's you know we've had in recent years we had some sci-fi films that have done um, 
horrible domestically battleship was yep. one of those. Uh, John Carter uh, of Mars. Yep. Both of those really did poorly in the U.S., but but actually made their money back overseas. But the studios that that put up the funds for them are are domestic studios, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, uh, if if we're not going to be able to to get these audiences, and we really need to have them for the good word of mouth to at least get it started, uh, maybe we're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And there was talk about doing uh, another battleship film and focus more on the international appeal by even getting international cast. Nothing's ever come of that. Right. Uh, because so many of these are, like I said, the, the, the big money does come come domestically. And uh, they do want to, to please uh, domestic audiences, even if they are making, uh, making the money overseas. Okay, so we, it's award season. We've already had uh, Critics' Choice and some others. What, uh, what films should we look at as we get closer to you know, the uh, the big ones, the like Oscars. Oscars. As you start talking about the Oscars, I think films that are going to stand out for the Oscars, La La Land, uh, look for that to do incredibly well. It's a musical uh, with Ryan Gosling, also Emma Stone, and uh, a story of a, uh, um, a jazz pianist who has this dream of having his own club, kind of this old-school jazz club, and uh, an aspiring actress who wants to make it in Hollywood, and she's, you know, she she works in this coffee shop that's, you know, on one of the studio lots, and she gets to see these movie stars come in and out all the time, and she's like, maybe one day, I can be the one coming into this coffee shop mm-hmm. and having others kind of take care of me, and so that's the story, and um, the two of them uh, end up, um, you know, developing a, a relationship, and you see how that relationship develops. And you see the challenges that they both face as they search for their dream. That's the story. And, uh, you know, the, I guess the story, there are two story questions as, as it relates to this. Will they make it together? And will they make it at all? Mm-hmm. Those are the two questions that drive the film. And it's beautifully shot. Um, the songs are wonderful. It's one of these films that's uh, it's a true form musical, but not in the sense of a lame is. There is dialogue throughout, and then they'll kind of break into song. Um, for different elements of it. The opening scene of this is probably one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen. Um, not ever, but one of the best opening scenes I've seen in a film in a very, very long time. It takes place on uh, in a traffic jam on an L.A. freeway, um, kind of a overpass. Mm-hmm. And so you've got all these cars stopped, and it's done in one camera with one fluid moment for an entire song. And so you're going throughout all this incredible choreography and uh, that is uh, incredibly difficult. Yeah, I don't achieve. know how they do things like that. I've, incredibly difficult. I've seen achieve. that on TV shows. I've seen yeah. that in movies, and I'm always, you know, my jaw always drops when I see yeah. it. Yeah, and it's uh, it is one of those uh, those musicals that if you like if you like musicals, I, I would I would definitely recommend seeing that. That's La La Land. Um, it got eight Critics Choice Awards out of twelve, um, so did incredibly well. Uh, a film, if you want to see um, really good acting, uh, I don't see anybody else that's even compared to the acting, um, was uh, Natalie Portman and Jackie. Now, the film itself, um, I, it was unwatchable to me at times um, because the film tried to be too artistic. Kind of Fellini-esque. Absolutely. Um, and it, it, to me, it, it distracted from, well, I guess it didn't distract so much that I, I still didn't you know, want to vote for her, which I did. Uh, but Natalie Portman as Jackie was was absolutely phenomenal, and she just it was a one woman show. 
but um, just some of the things they did, I, I, I kept saying, what the heck? What is this? <laughs> Why? You know, and, and to me that was a distraction of what could have been right. uh, a better film. Great actress in, in a not-so-great film for me. Uh, one of the films that's getting a lot of buzz, but n- not on my list as favorites, actually. I was um, not impressed with it. It was Manchester by the Sea. Um, Casey Affleck uh, is getting a lot of uh, buzz for uh, for his acting talent in this. But for me, uh, he stars as this um, uncle uh, who's having to kind of raise a teenage kid. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, brother has died. Um, and, uh, and you get this kind of... Uh, He's very flat throughout the film. His acting is very flat, very non-emotional. Um, you, you don't see any range. Uh, there are some flashbacks where you see that he wasn't always that way, but for you know ninety percent of the film, it's just kind of a you know a, a, a robot on um, you know on remote control. And to me, it just the, the film left me lacking, going ah, just uh, you know not one that I'm care much for right but for some reason it's getting uh it's getting some critical acclaim so you may be seeing that one uh, pop up as well um you know he's done very very well oh yeah yeah at what point does he get to be you know not ben's brother yeah yeah well i think you know i think some are saying this is this is the film that does that but i don't agree i i just uh you know maybe it is the one that gets him an oscar nomination uh, and maybe it is the one that gives him an oscar win um, and and, if, and I guess if it were going to happen, it would probably happen this year because there aren't a lot of um, huge standout acting roles this time uh, in films. I mean, the, the best acting role to me was uh, the former Spider-Man who's in Hacksaw Ridge, uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield, uh, who stars as this conscientious objector to, to World War II, but yet you see him, uh, a conscientious, conscien- conscientious objector, but nobody else has the courage that this guy does. Right. And based on a true story, and Mel Gibson directs, um, one of the best films of the year for me was Hacksaw Ridge on, on a lot of different levels from directing to set design to the action um, to the acting. Um, just a solid, solid, solid film. Um, but, but he's probably the only one that I think... Um, uh, he was my pick mm-hmm. for best actor. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's in, in that mix, but um, for some reason there's this studios are kind of going toward toward Casey Affleck, and maybe it's because he's been here a while, and maybe it's because uh, Andrew Garfield is, um, you know, one that, that people associate now with Spider-Man, you know, the former Spider-Man, or maybe it's because uh, there's still this, uh, in Hollywood, there's still this this taste or distaste for, for Mel Gibson. Yeah. And yeah. maybe that's Could all be part, of, that. part mm-hmm. of it. But, uh, but that's one of the best films of the year. One of my top films of the year was Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. What about uh, as, you know, a lot of people this time of year, particularly after we get through the 25th, they're at home with the family. And they want to go to see the movies. What do you recommend? Um, well, if you're, if you're a sci-fi fan, fan <laughs> um, Star Wars, uh, Rogue One, without a doubt, uh, I would check that out. Uh, also, um, you know, now going to be opening in wider release is a film, one of my favorites of the year that actually has one of the best acting jobs also called A Monster Calls. Um, it's a, um, it was limited in release, um, limited release early in December, but it's about a kid who is, um, bullied, um, and faced with, um, the, the possible death of his mom, a single mom. Um, dad is, in the picture, but not really. He, he comes and, and visits, but he's not really in the picture. He's not been a part of the upbringing. 
and um, the kid has these nightmares that come in the form of this uh, this monster um, with the voice of Liam Neeson, and um, you have this interesting combination between fantasy and reality, but it's a powerful film about hope. It's a powerful film about uh, understanding the realities of life, and uh, and a powerful film about you know coming to age with with issues of life that you probably shouldn't have to be dealing with as a as a that young. fourteen fifteen year mm-hmm. old. Um, the actor was absolutely uh, phenomenal in this. The young kid. And um, his name was, oh, wow, I have lost his name. Uh, I'm going to have to find that out. But he's one of the best actors uh, of the year uh, in this. And the only other name that you would know besides Liam Neeson uh, was Sigourney Weaver. She starred as a grandmother uh, in this. But that's one of my best films of the year is A Monster Calls, rated PG-13, based on uh, a best-selling, best-selling book. Um, also, if you're looking for family films, um, the animated uh, film uh, from Illumination, the same folks who brought um, the uh, Minions and Despicable Me, a movie called Sing, um, is uh, just open in theaters uh, during Christmas. Passengers, um, with a couple of, uh, couple of great talents, including yeah. Oscar winner Jennifer Lawrence, uh, that's opened in theaters around Christmas. Uh, and also uh, Assassin's Creed, based on the video game, uh, if you're just kind of into action and want to see something completely different. Um, another one of the best films of the year that's in limited release, but you can probably find it. Uh, it's going to be opening wide release in January, but Patriot's Day, based on the Boston Marathon bombing, uh, that is in uh, select theaters during this Christmas season. Uh, from the same director who brought um, Deepwater Horizon mm-hmm. earlier this year, uh, also stars Mark Wahlberg, who was in both of those, and both of those films are, uh, are on my list as best films of the year. Oh, wow. Uh, Peter Berg directed this. Um, he, he's been a longtime actor. He's, he directed Battleship as well. Um, and, uh, but uh, though both of those films, based on true stories, based on true stories that people who are familiar with news understood elements of it. But this took you a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when I went to see Patriot's Day for a, for a preview screening, I was just moved. And, uh, you know, after it was over, the, the publicist for the, the studio said, a couple of your thoughts, and that was the first thing that came to mind. I was moved. Um, because the, the film Patriot's Day doesn't just look at the bombing as ha- this happened. It looks at the characters all connected to the bombing. So you get, uh, you get a sense of the bombers, and you get a sense of, of some of their motivations, but you also get a sense that they were human, mm-hmm. so it gives you the human elements. I mean, you see one of the uh, you see one of the brothers uh, on the floor playing with uh, with a niece, you know, playing games on the floor. It's mm-hmm. like that's that humanizes the element of this villain that that we have come to know as a real life villain. But you also get to see uh, different police officers who were involved. You also get to see bystanders who were injured. And uh, and then the the thing after the movie was over, you actually saw interviews with the real people oh, wow. that it was based mm-hmm. on, and yep. that that even put it into a whole different different level. Same thing with Hacksaw Ridge; you got to see interviews with people who lived through that experience with those particular people that the characters were based on. So, uh, Patriots Day, I'd recommend as well. Um, Hidden Figures uh, is uh, is also uh, in theaters. And Space program, but yeah. also a little race relations. Absolutely, in it. yeah. Uh, based on truth, another based on a true story film um, of um, of African American women 
who were very significant in the, um, the space for um, the, the race for space. And uh, wonderful film. And it was interesting. Uh, I was watching a TV show. There's a TV show called Timeless that is um, an NBC film, and it's a time travel film. And they actually covered the first moon landing, and they used one of these characters from the film who was based on a real character mm-hmm. that showed up. And it, it, um, it was interesting to see that tie, that tie-in. Uh, tie um, also, 20th Century Women, um, Annette Bening uh, opens up, uh, is open in theaters as well. Uh, yeah, not a big fan of this film, but uh, it uh, takes place uh, in 79, and um, it's uh, the, the time when there's uh, energy crisis, time when there's just a lot of chaos and mayhem, and it's kind of that bridge between the 70s and 80s. Uh, and you're, you're seeing it through the eyes of uh, the woman, uh, Annette Benning, who uh, kind of has this house that she rents rooms out to. It's kind of a boarding house, but she rents them and has people that, that pay her for months and years at a time to, to live there in, uh, in, in California. And uh, she's trying to raise a teenage son uh, in the midst of this. And um, there are other folks who are helping to raise this teenage son as well in this uh, time of change story I liked but it just it didn't follow through all the way Hidden Figures did so those are some um, that are that are in wide that are in release uh, including a new uh, Ben Affleck film it's a gangster film called uh, Live by Night uh, that is also um, available so those are all uh, out during this holiday season well if you're not wanting to go out to the theater to catch something this holiday season but you do find yourself some extra time and Maybe something slipped under your radar going through 2016. What's something maybe we want to go back and maybe stream or rent from the Red Box? Well, you know, I, I think um, I think this is a time, Jeff, that we can talk about um, some some Netflix and Amazon stuff too, because this is the time uh, of year that a lot of series are dropped uh, on original programming dropped on on Netflix and Amazon, and uh, you and I both uh, watched uh, last season's Man in High Castle. Yes. And I'm so, deep uh, into season two. Yeah, so I, I think uh, if, if, if you're uh, interested in uh, maybe taking a step out of uh, a film and looking at some of these uh, series, you can watch, you know, you can binge watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilmore Girls, the, the, new, uh, the new season, yes. um, has, has dropped on, uh, on one of these platforms as well, and so you can watch all the episodes of that. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, Longmire, which was a, a, a TV series, that Netflix picked up, and I think Netflix is now in either season two or season three of that. Uh, the great thing about Amazon and Netflix is they will drop the entire season. Yeah, I like that personally. And, uh, you know, they have changed not just um, the game for, uh, for what we call TV viewing, but also films. I mean, they do original films mm-hmm. as well, and so they've got their own studios. And, uh, and, and many of these films are now actually hitting the big screen also. And uh, they're going into collaboration with some of these bigger companies to have big screen releases because the, the talent's there, the quality's there. Um, last year, the, the big film that was talked about that was uh, released through one of these platforms was called Beast of No Nation, and it got uh, Oscar nominations. And uh, that was one of those things that really opened up uh, the film world to go, huh, you know, we've seen that they produce some really quality... Uh, you know, small screen stuff like uh, House of Cards is a great example of one that's just won Buku awards. 
But to see them do the same thing with film, mm-hmm. um, that's changed the game. It has. It's such a, a time of change as well. I mean, you've got, I think Julia Roberts is coming to one of those. Yes, yes. I'm not sure which outlet it is, but she's going to have her own vehicle on one of these uh, one of these streaming networks. And, <clears throat> you know, people have 70-inch TV screens in their house. They have all kinds of built-in surround sound and um, all this kind of stuff. When is the day coming when the when the big release, maybe the Rogue One or, or something like that, straight to streaming? Uh, you know, we're already seeing some of that, but not in the big release standpoint. We're seeing it in, um, in some of the smaller films where they do uh, the video on demand um, even a week, sometimes two weeks before it hits the big screen. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that we're still seeing that there is this love of going to a theater to see films. Um, the cost continued to, to go up, but you can also, if you, if you choose your time, if you choose your matinee times, you can, you can get in there at, at, at six, seven bucks, which for, uh, you know, if you compare that, you know, two and a half, three hours of sitting, watching entertainment, paying six, seven bucks mm-hmm. to going to see a professional football game. Oh yes. It's nothing. Or, mm-hmm. or a professional basketball mm-hmm. game or, um, a concert or a concert, you know, when you look at it in the context of that, and if you're looking at it from an entertainment standpoint, it's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that expensive. Now, if you're taking the whole family, you're going to eat. You've got to get you know, that, there, that right? does it does it does uh, accumulate. But that's um, true about the football game is, too. Absolutely, and so um, I think you know, I used to be one of those that said, "Golly, I can't believe how much this cost." But I'm also one of these that that um, used to get into every single movie I wanted to go see free. Mm-hmm. And I still get screenings of films for free. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I started going, wait a minute, Noel, you know, I've, I've been pretty blessed. You, you, can know, pay a, you can pay that price every now and then. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's worth, it is worth that price of admission, um, even if not every single film is great. I mean, mm-hmm. not every single football game you go see is great. Exactly. Not every single, you know, theater performance you see is great. So I, I think that the, that form of entertainment is always going to be there. Um, the U.S. audiences are not as into 3D films as foreign audiences, mm-hmm. especially China. And um, I think that's going to continue to be the case. I, now, if we end up having virtual reality films where you put on these things and you are, you they are. are, in, they are in it, uh, that, that can change the game. And you know, we've, they've been talking about virtual reality for years. And I, I remember going to a mall... Um, and they had this virtual reality booth where you could sit and put on those goggles that, that weighed a ton on your head, and you could look around and you see this environment. And I was really amazed by that. And um, I've been really surprised at how how slow it has become for that to, right, right. to you know become more part of that mainstream. But it's there now. It's, it's there. It's really kind yeah. of there. Yeah. One of the hot gifts this uh, season, this Christmas season, are the are the goggles, the virtual reality right, goggles. Right, right. I've seen the commercials. I have no idea what they're looking at. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You don't you don't get the sense. It's going to be all about content. But if you've yeah. got a nice big movie yep. and you're right there yeah. on Hacksaw Ridge, absolutely. That's going to be that's going to be a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic Beast also is still in theaters. So if you're a Harry Potter fan, you can check that out uh, on DVD. Um, Sully. With Tom Hanks Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, is out. Uh, Magnificent Seven um, is also out. Uh, the remake of the remake of the remake um, is uh, is out um, as well. And uh, some of the other top rentals 
just to let you know, uh, Suicide Squad uh, is out there. Uh, to me, not a, a great film, but the director's cut evidently really uh, changes the game uh, for that. Florence Foster Jenkins with Hugh Grant uh, and also Meryl Streep, uh, based on a true story, is out on a DVD. Bridget Jones' Baby um, out as well. And uh, let me see if there's anything else worthy. Oh, The Secret Life of Pets, uh, uh, family animated film, uh, is also out. And so that's uh, worth checking out. And if you want to go old school, if you want to really go back uh, to a time when um, I uh, loved horror films and uh, some campy horror films, you can go back and look at uh, Van Tasm Remastered. Ooh, uh, I remember that well. film, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, some of the Van Tasm films, those were uh, interesting at this... this uh, shiny ball that would drill a hole in your head uh that was always fun to try to escape from so so there you go imagine that as virtual reality absolutely <laughs> but uh I'm, okay five must-see films of the year for me jay this year uh la la land from a musical standpoint check that out hacksaw ridge uh check that one out as well lion an amazing drama uh, one of the best dramas of the year check that out as well arrival um, well, we're seeing uh, a different kind of sci-fi, uh, a, a thinking person's sci-fi film. Um, and also, uh, let me recommend uh, the Wild Card film. Uh, this is Sing Street. Uh, it's a film that explores relationships and music and the impact of the MP- MTV generation in the 1980s UK. One of my favorite and most underappreciated films of the year that's called Sing Street, and uh, actually bought the DVD and bought the soundtrack. Well, uh, we are about out of time, uh, Jeff. Uh, we've got just a couple minutes. Any final questions or, or things you want me to? No, I just looking forward to seeing some good uh, some good stuff over the break. Uh, got a little time off from work, and I'm going to go see Rogue One, and I'm going to watch uh, Men in a High Castle, and who knows what else I'll get into. All right, uh, we appreciate it as always. Spending time uh, hearing us talk about uh, movies. Uh, there's some of the best and uh, some of the most overrated of the year. Uh, looking forward to, to what's ahead. Uh, if you are a Star Wars fan, understand that you're going to have Star Wars films for the next several years, uh, including the uh, follow-up to uh, Force Awakens. That'll be out next year. You've also got a Han Solo standalone film that'll be coming out uh, as well. So these are all going to be like, this is what we're going to do at Christmas now. Yeah, yeah, Chris. And, and some of them they're actually talking about maybe... Uh, summer releases. Summer releases. So uh, Star Wars fans who've had the, the droughts of years past will not have that anymore. Yeah. So um, we appreciate it. Hope you have a great uh, 2017. Thanks for listening, as always, to WGWG uh, right here online, WGWG.org. And uh, follow us uh, there and look for all of those links to all the cool things you can find, including on-demand programming. Coming to you from Gardner-Webb University in Boiling Springs, North Carolina, that's Jeff Powell. I'm Noel Manning, and for Cinema Scene, that is a wrap.